Ridiculous People Podcast. Hi. Uh, I'm going to need you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. We are. That's what that's we're going to need you guys to do. Yeah. Um, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Shan, A-L-U-X-S-H-A-N. Yeah, I'm Liv, and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, and it's at Liviosa, L-I-V-I-O-S-A-H. Yep. And you can follow the podcast at A Ridiculous Pod uh, on Twitter. Please do it. Yeah, and uh, come hang out with us uh, during our pre-show mm-hmm. Facebook Live hang sessions on like Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday. Yeah, around like eight thirty uh, Eastern Standard Time. Listen, if you follow us on social media, we'll update you. We'll keep you so, updated on what's going on. Sometimes the MTA gets yeah. involved with oh, our Lord. plans. Girl, today I w- I was on that train and I <laughs> fucking it was we said we were gonna do it at eight thirty and it was like eight twenty five and, and she I comes like walking in sweaty. Up sweaty. I was like, okay, I'm ready. She just I mean you got here. MTA made it just in fucking time. Um wow. so Alex, yeah, tell us about what we both watched today. This, this <laughs> today? week. Today? No, not today. <laughs> nope. This week. We saw a Quiet Place. Bum, bum. Yeah, we uh, did. Starring John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yeah. And directed and partially written by John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. A horror movie that's sweeping the nation and the box office. Listen, I'm a big genre nerd. Hell yeah. I discovered horror movies when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Thanks to Shouts Out uh, Emily, <laughs> my my good friend growing up. Oh, her yeah. Her and her mom hey, basically um. were like, what do you mean you haven't seen Psycho? Oh, hell yes. And I was like, my parents don't like horror movies. Mm, and then right. I sat down and I watched Psycho. And I was like, oh, sign me the fuck <laughs> up, bitch. Yeah. And then um, I started watching every good horror movie I could get my hands on. Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it wasn't that I didn't like horror. It was that I didn't like bad horror. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that makes perfect and there sense. And there, really, there was a ton of really bad Horror coming out at that Especially time. Especially that, yeah, when you we know? were in high school in like the mid to late 2000s, it was, it was rough. It was rough going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, big old genre nerd and mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. I thought it did amazing things. Definitely. It assaulted the senses <laughs> <laughs> in a great way. You know, it's, it's. You know, it made you pay more attention mm-hmm. because there was something missing, which was right. dialogue. Right. You know, um, I thought it was a really great meditation on like family, yeah, and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, we talked about this like it, like right after the movie, but it was it just kept being like everything you could think of where you were like, they should just do this. It was already thought of. Yep. Like they had art, they were eighteen steps ahead of you. Yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, and he—I mean, nothing's explained. There's no exposition. No, nope. they just show you what's going on, and you like put the pieces together because I mean, right? Um, but yeah, it, I mean, 
Good God. Besides yeah. the, like, performances were, like, oh, ex- the performances like, were excellent. And they would have to be, but, I mean, yeah, they were off the charts. I mean, they were insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, Millicent Simmons. Mm. She's Hell a young yeah. deaf actress. She's actually deaf. Mm-hmm. She plays um, the older sister. I mean, she's absolutely incredible. She's so, so good. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are two of, like, the best that we can get. Right, right. <laughs> and yeah. she was like holding her own with them. She really was. And yeah. so was that little boy yeah. who apparently got the job because George Clooney was like, hey, John, this boy's really good. Oh okay. <laughs> I was what? like, can, where can I get that kid's representation? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> George Clooney, where you at? Good God. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, And he's, of course, he's a little British boy. Oh, of course. Right? He's British. Right? I'm All sure right. he's like deeply professional. <laughs> oh, I bet. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Oh, God. I know he's British. Of course. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And he like, he like became nearly fluent in ASL so that he could like hang out and talk to Millie. Wow. Apparently. Oh, my Lord. Who's playing his sister. Wow. Which is like the sweetest fucking thing I've ever heard of my life. Oh, God. <laughs> I love this movie. I've yeah. also never been more attracted to John Krasinski. Oh, yeah. He He's had just, a like, beard. bearded and, like, yeah. trying to protect his family and, yeah. like, just keeps yeah. going, like, shh. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just, like, he's just being, he's just, like, acting with his whole body. It's yeah. the whole thing. Like, there's just some really great acting going on this year. 100%. Yeah. Wow. Already. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. Holy fuck. Also, just, like, based on the premise. Mm-hmm. New York City would be, like, totally fucked. We're dead. I mean, night one. If you guys don't know the premise, and, I mean, it's, like, fairly obvious in the trailers. Yeah. Like, uh, creatures attack sound. Right. So don't, you can't, don't, shut up. Right. (laughs) Everybody shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um, Yeah, what do you, give give me some of your thoughts. Jump in here. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell yeah. I mean, I obviously loved it. It um, two of my it reminded me a lot of two of my favorite recent horror movies, but done like better than them. Oh, um, Hush and Hush is so good. Hush is so good. Oh, right? my God. Yeah. Right? And Don't Breathe. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Right? Yes, I'm familiar with both of, of those. Right. I thought of I thought about Don't Breathe, but I completely forgot about Hush. For Hush, right? In like a weird ways. But I mean, so it was smart. even better because those movies also... Did have a lot of exposition. like They did, yeah. Which, you know, whatever. I, I don't like them any less, but like I like this one more because <laughs> it didn't have that shit. Well, yeah. Hush um, didn't have the scope. No, it did not. That's true. It didn't no. have the scope. I mean, neither of them did, but like, yeah, you know, that's even true. then, for like movies that were so based on senses, there still was a lot of talky dialogue, you know? Oh, absolutely. Oh, 100%. Yeah, right. And this movie, I just have so much respect for in terms of the writing because like, you really don't need it. And he hid. Okay. So guys, I mm. love monster movies so yeah, much and movie monsters. And, um, I love it even more when it's like, like Cloverfield is one of my favorite monster movies because you don't know what the fuck is going on. And like Cloverfield, right. and like, what is the thing? And I don't that's, know. That's, exa- matter. that's how it would be. Right. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It would be there one day and you'd be like, I have to live now. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I like, I loved, and then they plant the clues there. Like, it's clear that the writer knows what's going on. I mean, yeah. But like, you don't have to know. It does not matter. That being said, I have so many theories, but that's the best part. There's one scene, and there's many scenes, but there's one set piece that's like in their basement. Mm-hmm. And they've got um, uh, like radios and like 
gear mm-hmm. and like newspaper clippings yeah. and a whiteboard. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And just like from the tiny bits, there's so much dope so, information. Yes, you yes. know what I mean? So I have whole theories. I'm going to give a quick spoiler warning. I really don't think there's many spoilers here, but just in case you do want to go in completely blind. Yeah. Brief spoiler. Skip ahead. I think the monsters are totally aliens. And what I think could happen was because sound does not travel in space. Oh, interesting. Yeah, right? Yeah. So I think they get here and I think they have super, super sensitive hearing. And then A, that's why the feedback loop hurts them because they right. can probably hear outside of the human range and that shit That's right. probably like goes way out there. Yeah. And I think that they only kill because it said they didn't eat their prey on the whiteboard. I think that's because they, they just hear the sound. Because it's like, just powerful. Oh, fuck, and they just kill it. Yeah. And that's why they're going around killing people. Um, that's so interesting. That's, I, yeah. Oh I love God. that idea, especially like the whole idea of like, there's no sound in space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And that's so, why it was so a slow invasion. It is definitely aliens yeah. because John Krasinski has confirmed that oh, on, totally. on press. Yes. Okay. So I've watched a ton of press oh afterwards God. because yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my God. I'm this. Uh-huh. So John Krasinski received the script. Right. He was like, uh, I don't know. And then read it and was like, uh, yes. And then, um, <laughs> And then rewrote it himself. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And so that's why he's credited as one of the writers. He right. like basically took it, rewrote it, made it more about the family. Right. Which is oh, like, perfect. which is why it's so good. Right. It's got so much heart and you give a shit about every person in it because it's this one family. I mean. And you care if something happens to them. I mean, even again, spoiler alert. This is. Well, like no, five minutes trailer, in, um, but like, like five minutes you in, you give a fuck though when that happens. Yes, you know, like all right, and then this—they've not had any screen time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, well, and it, it's just also, yeah, the rocket, space, aliens. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yes, <laughs> I've high fived myself three times now. <laughs> um, but yes, okay. So he said that basically mm. he was talking. He's talking to press okay. and. In this one great interview, the interviewer was like, okay, I noticed that it starts on day 83. Yes. Why? Right, Like, right. that's not that long. That's like, sure. three, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. That's like, what, like a summer and all of yeah, humanity about, is fucked? Right, like, you know right. what I mean? Like, he was basically like, why day 83? Like, that's really fast, John right. Krasinski. Explain yourself. So basically, he was saying that, like, he's seen plenty of alien movies uh-huh. where the main question is, like, what do they want? Right. Like, what can we give them or yeah. whatever? And he's like, I mean, I think it would be more realistic if they just fucking came down, started wreaking havoc. We're really fragile. We panic really easy. And before we can even get it together and, like, tell each other what the fuck's going on, most people are dead. Mm, and, right. like, people are just disappearing left and right. And it's like, it they don't discern, like, an important person versus a non-important person. So he's like, the minister of whatever is like, I don't know, he's gone. I don't know where he is. We can't make this decision. And then all of a sudden, everybody's mm-hmm. dead. Right. Like, sort of right. thing. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I think it would fall apart very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because the guy was like, well, that's a pretty pessimistic view. And he's like, I mean, dude. like <laughs> He was just right. kind of like, and then he, de- he described it as, quote, releasing wolves in a daycare mm-hmm. and then immediately was like I shouldn't have said that <laughs> oh god <laughs> like <but laughs> yeah wow what a what a right but it's but it's it's kind of this idea that like I think it's really interesting and I think that that is that follows to me because hearing human beings right 
that is something that never, ever turns off. Like, yeah. even when you're sleeping, you're still hearing. Like, it's one of mm-hmm. the first senses mm-hmm. that, like, you remember in the womb, which is why, like, womb-like sounds is, like, are very comforting to people mm-hmm. um, and things like that. Because, like, hearing is is sort of the one sense that you can't turn off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're just constantly doing. And so, right. like, yeah, playing with with that and, like, with the noise that we always just kind of make because we're so used to constantly hearing that we can just like tune it out a little bit and like be used to a bunch of noise Mm -hmm. and a bunch of like hustle bustle. And like, it's just kind of um, a side effect to the way we live Mm. that we don't normally think about. Right. Right. Which I think it's just so like anything that makes me think more about like the way that I just go about my life. hundred percent. Yeah. Like what a great movie. Right. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the monsters. I did some research into the monsters because I love monsters. But um, <laughs> these monsters, the yeah. design mm-hmm. is just great. Yeah. Um, it's it, LSI? What's the company that did it? Yeah, LCI? I think it's LSI. LCI, right? LSI? One of those kinds of it's yeah. Thing, it's something like that. Yeah. Something like that. They did great. The designer said that he took inspiration mainly from a, a sea creature called the Nautilus. Which, how, do you, how do you spell that? N-A-U-T-I-L-U-S. Okay. Yeah. Nautilus? No, I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it either. Hmm. Um, but it's like a really scary looking motherfucker. In like, love, it's like a deep sea creature. I love weird fish. Deep sea creatures are fucking crazy, I know. right? No, like anglerfish and yeah. shit. I feel like, oh that's, God, I feel like right? that's like the poster child for like deep sea yeah, creatures that are terrifying. weird. Because it's absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. It has a light bulb on its fucking Literally, face. Literally. Some and it of them are through. Like, um, well, yeah. And the like the female anglerfish disintegrate yeah. the body of the male anglerfish and just like fun. have its, his balls <laughs> yeah. like hanging off their body. They're this like, is great. true. It's mine now. This is true. This is true science. I swear to God. <laughs> um but yeah so you base it off of that and it has very poor eyesight but extremely good hearing and oh, it'll word. just kind of like eat whatever it like hears so you know oh that makes a ton of, of sense that, right um the look of it if you're wondering it feels like a xenomorph from alien plus a demogorgon plus the clovers from cloverfield all kind of meshed i will also say i think that they being. walk they walk like the monsters and the creatures in Frankenstein's army. Ooh, a very right. obscure, horrifying that, yeah. horror film you that guys, makes me want to vomit every time I think up. about it. I was nauseous leaving the theater. I still... After I watched that. I, I that image of the one in the, the gas mask. You, you yes, remember that one? Yes. Nothing... Honestly, brain. no movie has ever, like, fucked with me as no. much as that movie. No. Like, the visuals yeah. in that movie were some of the most terrifying visuals that I never so wish to scary. see again. I don't like body horror. Yeah, there was a lot of that. It was <laughs> it was a lot of that. <laughs> oh, God. It was, but it was that on top of psychological horror. It was. It was, for those of you who don't know, we don't recommend you watch it. But, don't, um, please don't. It's about Nazi zombie monsters that are pieced together. Yeah, like Nazi doctors, yeah. like ripping but then he's not he like doesn't care yeah which side yeah. the people come from right. because he just wants to like create these like half yeah. creatures and they're half like, machine yeah half, oh my god it's, so it's scary. just so it's scary. scary i don't like it yeah the movie was wow yeah that's very 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 disturbing it was so scary but um apparently krasinski went to the designers and uh-huh. he showed them how he wanted them to walk uh. And then and said and then said like and yeah and then said like vaguely like the ideas that he had about like maybe where they came from and then was just like here 
yeah go wow. and like basically was like so excited that they yeah. you know with everything that they came up with yeah absolutely um, terrifying so scary i don't so like I, there's something about that weird like leaning forward but it looks like the their hand like there's like stilts in the front. Yeah. I don't know their how to front explain it. Arms are also kind of legs and they move. And yeah. Like, their front arms and... are kind of legs, but like but, they're still, they still almost look bipedal, but they're yeah, not. Exactly. It, right. Oh, there's something about that. That's what fucked me up about the ones in War of the Worlds, too. Yeah. Because otherwise they're pretty straightforward. They just had three legs, but when they started using like the front ones as arms, that's when I was like, ugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. It was weird. Um, also, fun little random fact: in one of the uh, one of the um, newspapers, it called the creatures death angels, and in Judaism, the angel of death is blind. Oh, yeah. very good. Only hears. Very good. It's like a whole thing about like his hearing. So I was like, I wonder. You know, interesting. That's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know anything else about that god, but <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, that's one thing. Yeah, I just Google. oh my god, it and then was, like oh, wow. and then like with like the fire when they like would light the fire to to see yeah. like the other people and then I mean there were other people like it was very clear that they weren't the only survivors. It was just but, like how do you communicate? Right, that's the thing. Yeah, with them. Yeah, like and you don't know like who's still alive. Yeah, and it's so fresh, but yeah. it's but it's like long enough that it's been like a significant amount of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Oh my god, it's just terrifying. I mean, they had the one scene with the guy. Spoiler alert! You know, with the dude. Oh and his god, wife the other dead, guy. You know, <gasps> and I mean, you can tell, oh. you can imagine like it's an older dude, and he's looking at him, he's like, "My wife is dead. What the fuck else am I supposed to do?" That you was absolutely that was absolutely horrifying, and yeah. you could just see it on his face what he was going to do, and you yeah. could see it on John Krasinski's face, and you see yeah. it on that little kid's face, and you're just like, "Oh fucking no!" Yeah. Oh, okay, and then also, yeah. Don't fucking oh boy. Bring snacks to this movie. Okay. The guy next to me mm. in the first 10 minutes mm. was like determined to finish his nachos as quickly as he wanted to nachos. and was chewing with his mouth straight up wide open. Ugh. It must have been because it was so fucking loud. Uh-huh. I've never heard someone chew so loudly in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, everybody is on edge in the theater. Everybody has stopped breathing right. in this theater to watch this movie. And he's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just going to fucking town next to me. There were a couple times I just straight up looked directly <laughs> at the side of his face oh to see God. if he would be like, yeah. I wonder why this small girl is just staring at me right. in the middle of this movie. Maybe I shouldn't be chewing with my mouth wide open. Well, and everyone on Twitter is just like, I dead ass got like a chocolate bar and was like, I can't eat this. It's too loud. <laughs> like Seriously. You know, like, well, and then the after he the finished movie. his fucking nachos yeah. and threw the plastic on the floor, which it made a loud like of course. boing noise when it yeah. like bounced down the fucking row. He then like ripped open <laughs> a candy thing, like partially with his teeth. It was the most, like, loud and insane thing I've ever witnessed in a movie theater before. Like, you don't got to eat. Honestly, you can just save it <laughs> for later. You don't have to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I promise. You could eat that right anywhere Right after else. the movie ends, you know? Like, During a loud attack scene. That's what everyone, well, everyone on Twitter was like, I just held my popcorn in my hand and or mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you can, A, wet it with your saliva to make it quieter. And then, I do that all the time. And then, sure. or... Yeah, they would be like, I was waiting for the water, like during the waterfall scene. I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's also tense as fuck. How are you eating that much? <laughs> he clearly didn't give a fuck, Wait, did he? <laughs> I don't know. It was awful. But also, I thought that um, a lot of people were making really great points about like, it, it was subtitled. Yeah, like the whole thing yeah. was subtitled, and y'all were able to make it through. Okay, so right. you like like titling a movie should not be a no. problem in a theater. Like, no. I and I don't. I like if that was offered in theaters, and I was seeing movies, like I wouldn't give a fuck at all. No, but I've never matter. once seen that in a public theater, and I, mm-hmm. that's very upsetting. No, it is upsetting. They need to be. They need to be titling movies. They need to be showing more foreign films in America. Oh fuck yeah! In other languages. Um. There's so much, yeah, that could be done. Nobody cared during this movie. Nobody cared during Django, uh, not Django, Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Half, more than half that movie was not in English. That's and right. It was subtitled, and everybody still went to see it and loved it. And those are both very mainstream films, and there's no reason we shouldn't have closed captioning. Seriously. And it's like, I don't understand why, like, okay, like, or like this specific showing is a closed captioning. Of course. If you want to go see, if you want to see it without a closed captioning, go see the next fucking well, like one. The next fucking like, showing. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't have to see it. You can see it in regular, see it in 3D. You yeah. can see it closed captioning, you can see it not closed captioning. Right. Honestly, I would love to see some of these like talkier, like I would have loved to have seen Death of Stalin maybe. Fuck yeah, with, that like, would have been dope. With yeah. closed captioning. Maybe the second time, maybe not the exactly. first. Because that's the only time I don't really like to watch things with closed captioning is comedies right. because I don't want to read ahead. Ruin the joke, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to read ahead of the joke. Um, but when, I mean... When but definitely, yeah, second we viewing in, of Death of Stalin would be we live dope in with fucking, We live in New York City. Like, yeah. we fucking... Most of the time when we watch dramas, we have the closed captioning on in of our course, home. Right? Like, when we watch Game of Thrones, like, right. honey, those oh captions God. are on. Oh, half that shit. Because you miss it. I can't, yeah, because I can't have it turned all the way the fuck up during no. the quiet scenes because right. then it gets so fucking loud and I live Battle on top scenes, of right. 18 people in this rat city. Right. So right. they don't want to hear it. <laughs> of course. Our Middle neighbors have night. told us that they've heard us watching Game of Thrones. I know, yeah. Like, know. <laughs> but like, that's because that this like the sound in that right. is insane. Right. I don't know. Honestly, girl, when we saw Black Panther that first time, I would have loved some closed captioning. Oh my I god! Missed, seeing That's that the right. second time, I was like, I missed literally entire scenes because motherfuckers <laughs> was screaming, and that That's was fun, and too. that was the point. But Me it would have been nice <laughs> to still have been like, I know what happened in that That's movie so after true. the first viewing. Same you know? though. Yeah. Like, and you know what? If there were subtitles, that's great. We're screaming. Who the fuck cares? I know what happened. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, and also Krasinski, Krasinski said that it was a non-negotiable that he have a deaf, I know deaf that actress, the girl that was awesome. That's which super is, amazing. Thank like thank God. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. I'm like put pressure on the makers. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. Actors like it's it's not helpful unless they're like you know a director actor like him. But of like, course, right? Once you, I mean, you have to. Reach but if a somebody level, if somebody's like, already cast in something, yeah. don't be like, well, why aren't you deaf? You know what I mean? It's like right. that doesn't make doesn't any sense. Like, yeah. Put the put the pressure on the, the people making the decisions. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yes, All I right. love that movie. It was great. We, I mean, we obviously love it. We obviously <laughs> had a great time. I want to see it immediately again. Same. Yeah, me too. Great. Shrugs. Oh, also, can, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. We did not give enough credit to Emily Blunt. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> she gave birth silently, kind of, but it was so wow, intense and beautiful and powerful. He got, he said that he got that shot, uh, that main shot that's in the trailer right. of her screaming in pain, oh my God. but silent in one take. Holy shit. They, one take. It's insane. Like, 
what the fuck? That's crazy. Was he was like, my wife is very good at acting. Like, he was just like, this yeah. is so fucking crazy. She's a fucking powerhouse. powerhouse. Yeah. She's playing Mary Poppins. I know. I'm so excited. Like, and she's going to be fabulous. <laughs> oh my God. She and is. she has a voice of a fucking angel. Oh my God. I know. Like she sings Sondheim. Like it's no big deal. And then she goes and does this. Like, yeah. what? Are you kidding me? I'm not even kidding or like being annoying right now. Her character in The Devil Wears Prada yes. is one of my favorite characters like ever in film. Oh my God, me too. She's Emily in that movie. You know, the character yes. Emily. So good. It's I know. so funny. You know who's, it's so you know who's like absolute favorite that, uh, that is too? Oh, who? John Krasinski. Oh my God, really? Yeah. He said that like She's when he so first met her, he that. was like, I was such a fucking big fan of Devil Wears Prada. I was like, oh fuck, I'm meeting Emily Blunt right now. Oh my God. Like I fucking love her in that movie. Oh my God. Like was he was like so freaking great. out. And he her said timing, that, her delivery, every single line was like. Oh, it was just brilliant. <laughs> she ruins scenes in that movie. Oh my you know what god! I mean? like she just I comes know. in and just like wrecks the just room. The icon. I just still, tears. I put it all down. the time when <laughs> fucking Anne Hathaway's like, "Wish me luck," and she goes, "No." It's just like <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. I don't. You can't explain why. It's just so good. <laughs> it's just the way she delivers it. Yeah, and it's 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 because she's not doing it to be funny. Right, and that's why she's it's so hilarious. fucking hilarious. It's one of the funniest performances. Yeah, in that movie and that's saying a lot it's because like, she's being like deadly fucking serious oh and like has a lot of heart behind why it's like you know what i mean out, like cry laugh funny it's oh so my god good. yeah so well good. and you know fun fact yeah stanley tucci mm. is her brother-in-law no yes they became very <laughs> no yes a quiet place <laughs> anyway yes stanley tucci is her oh, brother-in-law wow. now Oh my god! Because she in they got so close on Devil Wears Prada, she invited him wow. to her and John's wedding. He met her sister. They fell in love. Oh my god! How wonderful! That's the most beautiful thing I've, I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. What kind of family? I know. I want to be there. Can I come? That's a fun family dinner. Can you imagine? Us. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll be. For that. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I'll wait tables in your home. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be staff. <laughs> in case you again fell down, have amnesia, flushed yourself yeah. into a time space continuum in Yikes. which you forgot your own name. Ooh. What you really need to know yeah. is that you're listening to the Ridiculous People podcast. Yeah, we don't know what your name is, but I'm Liv. And I'm Alex. Yeah. And you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> At a ridiculous pod, uh, or you can follow just me at, <laughs> at Alex Shan A L U X S H A N, or you can follow me and Alex. I'm L I V I O S A H Liviosa. We should work in an amnesia word. We're good at this. <laughs> like you don't know who you are. Follow me on Twitter. We're gonna get, we're gonna get fucking hate mail from people who are like amnesia serious business. I know. <laughs> We listen. I'm Finding talking about Nemo like fun. First. I'm talking about like fun, quirky amnesia, like overboard. Yeah, exactly. Listen, it, you know, Dory had short term memory loss before we made this joke. So write letters to fucking We're talking Pixar. about the fictional fun kind. Relax. Yeah. Anyway, the PC police. <laughs> Yeah, we're already we're getting mad at people who don't, don't exist. Don't care. Who we made up just now. Good. Ah. <laughs> Always ready to fight someone. Always. Um. Okay, Liv. All right. You want to talk about some other people that maybe you want to fight? Oh, yeah. 
Good, good segue. Y'all, I'm done with The Simpsons. I'm done with The Simpsons. I used to really like The Simpsons. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Them spite words. I mean, no, like, whatever. Um, Those little yellow bastards. Yeah, put them up. With Um, their Charlie Brown hairstyles. Fuck you and your eyeballs outside of your head. Also, all you assholes who are like, the Simpsons aren't white. They're yellow. They refer to themselves as white. Watch the show. They literally call themselves white. So like, yes, I know that they have some sort of strange jaundice, but like. Also, I'm sorry. As a white person, I've never been. I've never once called any of my friends that are of Asian descent yellow. Yellow. No, thank you. That's not a thing that you do. What are you doing? Yeah, amen. Jesus Christ. So yeah, y'all can shut the fuck up. None of them are listening to this podcast. But you don't know that. That's true. (laughs) You know what? Um, So, in case you didn't know, so I want to talk about. I don't really want to talk about The Simpsons that much. Not really. Like, I'm just kind of mad at them. Okay. But it's because of the response to... Uh, uh, there's a comedian, uh, Indian comedian named Hari Kundabolu, who made a documentary, like, a few months ago about called um, The Problem with Apu. Okay. And for those of you who don't know, Apu is just, like, an Indian store clerk on The Simpsons, a recurring character. Okay. Been there since the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a very offensive accent, you know, um, there's a name. It's played by a white guy. Isn't it's it? played, yes, exactly. It's voiced, it's voiced by a it's white man. It's voiced by Hank Azaria, who does putting like, on the majority of the voices in The Simpsons, but uh-huh. um, but he's putting on a racist accent. He is, yes, yeah. right. So there's a little bit of controversy as to the origin of it. Um, Hank Azaria says that the writer um said that he wanted um the accent to be as offensive as possible. The producers say that they wrote not Indian in the script and the role was for clerk. So I don't know which one is true. That's both racist in my eyes. That's the thing. Because then it's like, oh, clerk, that means like what? Either way, there's some racism happening. I mean, clearly. Um, On on both parts. I mean, I don't think anyone's off the hook. Um, But the, I mean, a brief summary is just that uh, Hari Kundabolu and a whole slew of other Indian uh, actors and stand-ups like Russell Peters, Izzy Zansari, Mm -hmm. um, Asif Manvi are all talking about sort of that representation and the Mm -hmm. fact that for a long time Apu was the only Indian character like on mainstream television Mm -hmm. and a lot of them were like bullied growing up with Apu you know that Uh, whole thank you come again uh is from Apu okay um and the whole thing about Indians owning a store like that was kind of a thing but it became like a mainstream stereotype because of the Simpsons okay um and uh, the whole problem, you know, that, that Hari always had with it, and he's done it in his stand-up for, like, years and years, mm-hmm. but um, that he sees, that he thinks Apu was what mainstream, and probably still is to an extent, what mainstream America thinks of Indians, which is that they're servile, devious, and goofy. Mm. And um, that it directly, you know, offended him, especially and a lot of the other people in the dock, um, because... He was sort of their family story. Like a lot of their families owned small businesses or were trying to own small businesses. And like, which is like the American the dream American start dream. your own business. Right. Yeah. And they felt like it was very directly disrespectful to their parents, specifically their Working fathers. Working hard. Sure. Right. 
So it's like, it's a really interesting doc. It's only 50 minutes. Um, so it's a relatively quick watch. But it's, and it's actually, it's really funny. Hari is really funny. Um, so I've, I've like, seen advertisements for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's on, um, it's a little hard to find, but once you do find it, it is free. Um, Where is it? On the True TV website. But you have to go to the True TV website. It's kind of Oh, I'm, I'm very well acquainted with the True oh, TV Alex website. Oh, because, because the Chris Gethard Show. I watch the Chris Gethard Show. Well, it's on there, but you yeah. have to go through the site. That's the thing. Okay, yeah. So... Basically, with True TV, it's it's just as long as you have a subscription through some other cable provider. Well, this one you don't even need oh, to really? watch the problem with the poo. You don't need to have a subscription. Cool. Yeah, it's just buried all the okay. In there. True TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tr- suddenly, I'm like, who's True TV? Who I is know, she? Think, right? She's got interesting programming. God, that's what I was thinking too. I was Who like, knew? No way. Anyway, um, but yeah, and. It was really cool. There's actually a part where um, Uktarsh um, Budkar, who plays Mindy's little brother. Oh, I love him. He's so funny, right? He was actually on The Simpsons relatively recently, and he played an Indian-American character. And they had a whole bit where he called out Apu for doing a bad version of an Indian accent Mm. and called him offensive, said he looked like a white guy doing, sounded like a white guy doing an Indian accent. They would cut to Kangazaria. And then that would be sort of, and then he would storm out, you know, like they kind of do on those shows. Mm-hmm. That got cut. They kind of did, and I remember watching this episode too. The Simpsons has been slipping, honestly, for a long ass time. But I remember watching that episode. I was mad excited. And then right afterwards, after they did that whole thing, and they didn't cut to Hank Azaria, they kind of half-assed his call out, but it was still a call out. Then they cut to like this Italian guy coming out of the kitchen and being like super Italian, be like, what's the stereotype? You know? And it felt like their oh whole God. thing was like, we stereotype everyone. No, different. What so that was the fuck? The, I know. So that was the last time they addressed it. What happens uh, and why people were talking about it on Twitter yesterday was because uh they finally addressed it head on since the documentary. Um, and it was an interesting take from the beginning it was honestly one of the better takes i've seen on the simpsons in years okay where uh marge was trying to get lisa into one of her favorite books from when she was a kid and it was really sexist right okay and offense and sexist and racist because it was like a little white girl growing up in south america and like all the problems you can possibly imagine with a white girl in being in that time period and south america Mm -hmm. period it was horrible. And she was reading it to her and she was like, oh, God, this is terrible. And like flipped through and it just got more and more offensive. And Lisa was like, this sounds terrible, mom. <laughs> Guess yeah. that didn't stand up. Uh-huh. And then Marge like went back and was like, oh, no, OK, I'm going to censor it. And I'm going to like go through and I'm just going to read her the parts stand up today. And it was like lame, you know, and yeah. there was kind of a funny joke about net neutrality. <laughs> you know, she was like. Once upon a time, there was a little girl and she grew up abroad and she championed horses and net neutrality you know it was kind of funny you know i was like okay and then like that was she was like the end and then she was like those are the only parts of the book that stand up and lisa's like net neutrality and she's like yeah mm-hmm. and then you know she, lisa was basically like that's pointless there's no arc for her because she doesn't have any flaws she, if a full rounded female character needs to have flaws uh-huh. and marge gets frustrated and lisa goes Listen, sometimes, you know, things that were made decades ago and were once beloved are now deemed politically incorrect. And then it cuts to a picture of a poo and it says, don't have a cow, a poo. Get it? 
Oh my God. And then she looks at camera and then Marge goes, some things will be addressed at a later date. And then Lisa looks at camera and goes, if at all. Oh my God. And that's literally it. Right? Like, that's how they dealt with it, you know? And it's really a shame because I think a show like The Simpsons was really a champion for being self-aware and critical of culture, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's it was one of the first shows that could be smart and funny and political and still palatable to mainstream audiences. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, like, they've had so many instances where they've looked back on stuff they've done and done so much better. And I just think when it comes to race, they haven't that. I mean, they haven't done it yet. And then when Mm -hmm. they do, it's weak, you know? Yeah. And it was really a shame. And Hari was seemed really, really sad because he he saw some of his tweets. They were really heartbreaking. Sad. Yeah. And I mean, I agree. I'm, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not South Asian. And I, I had an interesting discussion with people on Twitter. I just commented something. And yeah. then, Lord have mercy, it blew up. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, guys, <laughs> calm down. But, you know, and I had one of the better conversations ended with a guy being like, well, do you think that Indian representation would be the same if it wasn't for a poo? And I was like, honestly, probably not. But I think that it's still really important for us to just acknowledge just as a culture and for The Simpsons as a show to be like, no, nah, this isn't cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. And there's so much they can do. They could have him get rid of that. You know, they said in the doc, like, it'd be funny if one day he, like, got rid of the accent and was like, nah, I never, I could talk like this all the time, you know? Right, like, something. Suddenly was a normal dude. There's so much they could do. And, like, it was just, like, super half-assed. And it feels like The Simpsons has just kind of lost what it was about, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was... And the well, and thing. I mean, and from like from hearing all of that and my sense from like the tweets too, it's not fair for like someone like Hari who like, you know, granted has has his own platform right. and has his own career and has his own following and everything. Yeah. But it's not fair for him to criticize a juggernaut like The Simpsons and right. The Simpsons to swing back so hard. Yeah, that's not that's true. fair. No. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Like, you're The Simpsons. Like, you have an audience. Right. You already have the time slot. You already have the history. You already have the weightiness. Yeah. He's critiquing you. Yeah. He's made some legitimate critiques right. that are starting to pick up traction. And you just, like, swing back, like, fuck you. Literally. Like, that's not fair. And also, fuck you. Like, that's not, like, that's not how that works. Like, when you Mm -hmm. are as influential as a show, you can't just be like, "Mm, stop taking it so seriously. Politically incorrect. You can't say, you can't say, don't take me seriously and take me seriously in the same breath. Right, right. When it comes to stuff like that. If you're trying to give commentary, especially within the context of it being like some talk about feminism, but then yeah. also being like, fuck exactly. you. Apu. Like, right. What? No, and stop. I mean, they didn't address the feminism thing either. That's the thing. Right. I mean, they just sort of, the whole ending to that whole critique was like, mm, whatever, everything's politically incorrect now, you know? And it's like, really? That's, and plus like, I'm sorry, the Simpsons has had some really great writers. Yeah. That's I'm, the I'm best literally, you can do. I'm literally looking up current, List of Simpsons writers. Yeah, I don't know who writes for them now. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. This list is hard because it's so long. Right, right. Um, That's true. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's lazy from what I from what I'm hearing. Yeah, and like what it seems like, it kind of sounds like that writer room is mostly white guys. Probably. I mean, and I'm pretty sure to again, and to my knowledge, I'm I'm also not sure, but yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it always has been. Well, I know that the creator, the creators yeah. are white men. Yes, yeah. It, there's like this Warner Brothers slate mm. that's like we apologize um, for like cultural insensitivity that oh. is in that is in the following cartoon. It was made during a different time. We will not um, take out wow. these prejudices because. It will, it that is too like that's presumptuous in saying that like it doesn't, right. it doesn't like it never existed. I see. Oh, I get it. Do you know it. what okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, it. Yeah. let me find it. Yeah, that's interesting. And this was recent? Uh, no. Oh, this okay. wasn't recent. The WB, like, this is from like old Looney Tunes. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, it's yeah. on, it's on like VHS, you could tell. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me read it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. The cartoons you are about to see are products of their time. They mm-hmm. may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. While the following does not represent the Warner Brothers video of today's society, Warner Brothers view of today's society, these cartoons are being presented as they were originally created because to do otherwise would be the same as claiming these prejudices mm-hmm. never existed. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. And people were like, The Simpsons, quote, what can you do? And then it was like, Looney Tunes, <laughs> this. <laughs> Seriously, right? And I mean, also, that's like Looney Tunes. That's like the definition of like, no, we're absolute bullshit. Like, oh my God. This makes sense. You well, know? Yeah, and, like, I mean, but the Looney Tunes the, were pretty fucking racist. That's true. I know, I know. In a lot of I mean, different like, moments. <laughs> you know, then the fact that they're like, okay, this was problematic. We're going to take responsibility. And like, The Simpsons, who's supposedly all about like, accountability and you know politics and awareness is like yeah on a lighter note alex (laughs) yeah i'm still in um a pretty specific comedy hole yeah um it's a nice hole it gives me lots of laughs yeah that's important (laughs) Um, it's a weird metaphor that we keep using when we're like we're in a hole but um yeah that's true but yeah i I'm going to talk about two sets of stand-up uh, just kind of mm, quickly. There, I don't yeah. have a ton, ton to say, but like sure. I watched Mike Birbiglia's Thank God for Jokes mm-hmm. while I was sick last week. And um, thank God for that yeah. stand-up special beside, that's called Thank God for Jokes. Right. Because um, I was like feverish and dying Aww. and it like it was the perfect right. uh, remedy. But it was also nice because Birbiglia like he really brings you to him with his comedy, which I really love. Like it's quiet, it's unassuming and it makes you like lean in. Right. To laugh. Um, He like, he tells the story and he like gets quiet and gets sentimental Mm -hmm. and like takes big pauses and like, he has the confidence and like the history on stage to just be able to do that and to know when he's earned it. Right. And he really uses it well. 
And it was great because I had a splitting fucking headache. I was going to say. And I was like, I can't watch Chris Rock right, right. now. You know, say, that's honestly the perfect thing to watch in that. Yeah. And, know, it, and it still genuinely like made me laugh. Like right. it's still, it's still so funny. It's not to he's say hilarious. that it's like, he's quiet. He's in assuming no. it's nice, polite comedy. Like, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah. It's so funny. And yeah, there, there are times hilarious. when he's yelling in that special, but like there's it, the way that his entire set is crafted is just like. It's very nice. It's very story based. Yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Thanks for Biggs. You made me feel so much better. Yeah. I think his specials are always kind of also sleeper hits. You oh know yeah. What I mean? Just people, because he's people, not. I think people in general sleep on Mike Birbiglia. People do. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think I feel like because when you watch them, it's one of those things where you're just sort of like crying laughing halfway through a story and you yeah. like, don't know how you got there. Yeah. But like, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, he makes this joke. It's so funny to take it out of context because mm-hmm. he sets it up so specifically. It's so masterful in his writing. Like he goes, oh my God, you guys, we're married now to the audience. Uh-huh. And by the time you're there watching, uh-huh. it makes sense. Right, and I'm right. laughing and I'm like in uh-huh. my bed, like a cold washcloth uh-huh. on my head, like <laughs> laughing so hard. And to... Like, I don't know, just to take it out of context, it's like that. I don't know how that would make sense. Right. Right. And even knowing like the story, I yeah. don't know how he like structured uh-huh, it uh-huh. so that he knew that we would be there by oh, that I time. Right, Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's so weird. It's such a weird thing. Uh-huh. And like he does that in a lot mm-hmm. of his stories and a lot of that set. Right. Um. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's all like woven together really specifically. Is that on Netflix? It is. Word. Watch it. They're also not advertising for it, really. I know. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know how new it is. Like, oh, I see. Okay. I don't know how fair. new it is. It might be new. Mm. And I think it's his newest special. His newest. I see. Okay. Um, but maybe it's not like a new release. I'm definitely going to check it out. 2017, like, Feb. Oh, shit. Yeah, early 2017. Okay. It came out early 2017. Right. Still, so I would like to take... Credit. I listen. I also slept on it. Yeah. Apologies, yeah. Mike Birbiglia. I love you. Um, I feel like I I like watching Mike Birbiglia when I'm like sad too because like yes. that's another mood where I'm like I don't want to watch Chris Rock but I really do want to be happy. I but really like, yeah. It's like you do want to be happy but you're like I'm sad. You know what I mean? You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the exact kind of comedy that yeah. I'm really into at the current moment. Right. Is right. like the sad the the sad happy right comedy yeah, yeah. because it. Yeah, it it like it really like draws you in, right. and it and it's real, and you feel like you can walk away with something more than you just laughed. Yeah, like yeah. you walk away with like a feeling that you like learned something or like thought through something Definitely. along with those comics that do that. Right, right. You know, like Pete Holmes does that a, a lot with his podcast. You made it weird. Yeah, um, he talks about like very serious stuff with comedians. Yeah, though. Uh-huh. you know what uh-huh. I mean, and like. Sometimes he has like spiritual people on because he talks a lot about like spirituality and stuff. But I mean, I only listen to the comedy ones. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's amazing. I love hearing comedians talk about serious stuff because they yeah. will they will always find jokes. That's it. They will always find jokes right. in it. But I also like they're so smart. Right. I love the way comedians brains tick. Yeah. Um speaking of, yes. Um, also in the same vein, I saw Chris Gethard uh I saw him do a stand-up set live right. in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not stalking him, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> he's 
He's also very New York centric, though. Yeah, so like, like he's a lot of he's everywhere. Here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just like it was a it was a very decently priced ticket, and it was in a neighborhood that I'm in constantly. Right. Anyways, it's not it wasn't in my neighborhood per se, but it was in a neighborhood I'm in constantly. Anyways, yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll go see a fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And it was titled "Chris Gethard Tells Fucking Jokes Sometimes Too," right. which I love <laughs> because he's like, you know, and. He's a little, he's not bitter. He's a little bit like confused why like Beautiful Anonymous, his podcast mm. is like become like the thing. Up, right? It's uh-huh. become the thing. He's like, I didn't, I mean, <laughs> I work so hard on my show. You know what right, I mean? He's like, I work right. so hard on my comedy. Mm-hmm. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, I love this guy who like helps people not commit suicide. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, he's like, I love that I do that too, but. Yeah. Guys, I tell jokes sometimes. Pay attention, too. right? Exactly. It's the shit that I'm um, really working hard on. And I'm like, I'm gonna say it's a fucking killer set. Mm. He's working on an hour to go tour on, and oh, I hope yeah. he makes another special. Yeah, like that's my hope. Yeah. Um, he's gonna tour on it uh, on his hiatus. Okay. I'm. I can only assume. He said right. like I'm gonna go tour this like during the set. That was oh, the wow. other thing is like he's so loose mm-hmm. like on stage. Um. That, like, he just kind of, like, talks to you right. and, like, is, like, I know that you know that I'm doing comedy now. And right. I know that, like, you know that I'm doing a set that I do in, right. like, other places in the city. You know uh, what I mean? Uh-huh. And, like, he kind of, he, like, explained which, like, jokes didn't kill at the comedy cellar. Uh-huh. But, like, he's, like, but you guys in Brooklyn, like, you like it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was really interesting. It's very, like. No, let's not all lie to each other. Right. You know, um, where I think like John Mulaney's a little bit more buttoned up. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? Like the tr- more, a little bit more of a like traditional, traditional stand up. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to deliver sense. this right. set yeah. like yeah. I've never delivered it before. Right. And right. we're just going to do, you know what I mean? Like 100%. he comes out in his suit and he does it. Right. Um, right. Where it's just, it's like very fully written. Right. You know what I yes. mean? Where yeah. like, I think with Chris Gethard and with some other comedians that I also really, I mean, I like a lot of different kinds of, of stand-up comedy yeah, and it was yeah. just very cool to be in the room to see yeah. the very, very, very loose version. Definitely. Um, and it's, he's story-based as well. Mm-hmm. He learned a lot from Mike Birbiglia. He Mike Birbiglia toured him like a oh, hundred cities. Wow. When, yeah, when he was coming up. That's cool. He, um, he opened for him, which mm-hmm. is so cool. Yeah. Um, shouts out also to Chris Gethard's opener, mm. Robbie Hoffman. Okay. Uh huh. She's an incredible comedian. Oh, dope. She writes for his show, and uh-huh. I love her delivery. Mm-hmm. It's confident and weird in the right way, mm-hmm. and like everything about her and like what she does on stage is funny. Right, right. Like the way she stands, the way she holds the mic, mm-hmm. the way she speaks, like everything is chosen. Right. But then she just like improvs through it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's it's a you can tell it's like a character for sure. Of her. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, which a lot of it, it seems like it's based on like her real life, but it's like clearly like a caricature of her. Like it's a heightened version mm-hmm. of this person that is Robbie Hoffman. I think. I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's like that all the time, but I really <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> um. Yeah, and she. I mean, she was really she was really fabulous and very cool and different. She was very. Uh, it seems like it's unlike right. It seems like his whole thing. It's like to do something that's just different than what every other stand-up is doing. It's just so many stand-ups now. So many stand-ups like thing, you know? Yeah. I personally know like 18 million. Know, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Everybody does stand-up now. That's right. the thing that you have to do, I exactly. guess. I don't know. But even like his late night show is like 
not late it's night. not late night you know it's late mean? night but it's also trying to kick late night's ass exactly you know right yeah right yeah 100 percent mm-hmm. um and i'm not gonna give away like any of his jokes or no, anything it's a set sure. in progress it's fucking rude don't do that first of all people yeah. people you don't know you're just starting to get no. into comedy or something if you go to a, a live set never tweet any of the jokes no. do not fucking record any of it there was also a girl oh god there was a girl in the second row mm. who was taking pictures throughout oh, no, she was like lifting her phone up and i'm like this is a small fucking room dude right. it was like i mean i would say like 70 max oh, no. in this room right and she's in the second row where the light is still coming off stage so that they can do crowd work like the first four rows is like Right. That's free. That's free game for crowd work right. because they are literally lit. Exactly. If you go to a recorded special, those are the rows you sign the NDA, not the NDA, the you release form. Release for. forms. Right. Yeah. yeah. And she's like literally has her phone above her head, oh, above her head, above the heads in front of her taking pictures of him. No. And I'm like, do not fucking do that. What is your problem? That's I mean, horrible. clearly he's a seasoned fucking veteran. I mean, of like, course, right. I mean, he like, it's not like she was heckling him. Yeah, like that's, that's honestly harder to deal with, but it like, I wanted to like throw something in the back yeah. of her head and be like, stop fucking doing oh, that. Shit. Well, it's like disruptive for the performer and the viewers. So stop. Yeah. Like everybody in the room hates you. Also, <laughs> you know, like, also like, I mean, come on, man. Like, what is, we have such an obsession with, like, getting pics to yeah, prove it or something. True. And it's Picture like, happen, yeah. And, like, I get wanting to document your experience. Like, I'm all about it. But there, it's just so fucking rude. And, right. like, and live performance is something that, to me, is so sacred. Like, that yeah. is, like, the most ancient form of storytelling. Right, and that right. is, like, the most, like scary thing to do is to be on stage in front of a live audience and just trust that they're not going to fucking stand up and be like, no, you know what I mean? Because like that can like that, that is a thing that could happen ostensibly. You know what I mean? Like somebody could just get up and go like, I don't believe you like loudly at the stage, you know, like, and like the fact that he's up there doing this in the first place is like a feat of bravery that I'm sure this girl has never had, of course, you know, or whatever. Or even if she is, if I really doubt that she's ever been on stage before because then she would never have done that. Right. Right. You know what I mean? It just, I don't know. It really, really bugs me when people do shit like that. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for fans, um, like the set, I will say he like keeps his edge of morbidity. Right. Like right. he's still, it's still like sad. Uh-huh. He's like tinged with sad. Uh-huh. It's tinged with like darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, which is of course like why we all love him. Like, mm-hmm. cause he does, you know, stuff like that and mm-hmm. is like upfront and is like, yeah, dude, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've done this and this and this and it's bad and like whatever. Um, but it really shows off his writing skills, I think. Mm. And he's got some really killer punchlines. Like he just really, he just really goes for it and like tells some really like straight up jokes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, which is really cool because even though he's like, you know, I proclaimed him like, and I, I mean, I was not the first, but in our episode talking about the Gethard show, I was like, he's the king of alt comedy, mm-hmm. which is true. But he's also like just super funny. Like he's also a straight up comedian, right? As well, like right. when he wants to be like. He, he's adaptable. Yeah, for sure. Which is really cool. Yeah. And I brought our friend that had never seen any of his stuff before except like seen him on Broad City. Mm-hmm. And she loved it. 
Yeah, she was that's like dope. she was like a huge fan uh, by the time she left and was like, yeah, I would come see the show with you. I would come see uh, his uh, like talk show with you. Like, fuck yeah. Oh, cool. He seems he was so good. Like that uh-huh. was so good. Oh my god, I want to like talk to him now. Uh-huh. You know? And I was like, yeah, dude. It's the thing of like you don't just think that they're funny, but you also are like, I want to be his friend, right? You know, right. or something. You just like care, right? Because right. of all the stories, I think. Definitely. Same with like Burbiglia. Yeah. You just like you feel like you get to know them too. Right. Right. I don't it's know. A little bit more personal. Yeah. Yeah. Great, let's do the internet junk drawer. Internet junk drawer. All right, Alex. Yeah. What craziness did you find on the internet? I'm actually really excited for this. This is pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) Okay. So, okay, The Office. Yes. We love it. We all know it. We love it. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Unpopular opinion. I truly prefer the U.S. version of The Office to oh, the UK the, version of the office uh-huh. because I get to a level of uncomfortable in the UK office yes. where I'm no longer having fun. <laughs> That's completely fair. Completely right? <laughs> like I love like I love it and I appreciate it and yeah, I yeah, recognize yeah. it and usually I am so down I for know, a British comedy. British one, yeah. But it's there, it, there's just a line that it crosses <laughs> that make it just makes me sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just makes me fucking sweat. And there are there are moments of that in the I would say the first the, season of the American yes, Office where yeah. it's like ooh, yeah. it is deeply troubling. Right, right. But there's just like a silly there's just such a silliness yeah. and likableness to Steve Carell that just makes you want to hug him. That's true. Or like Ricky Gervais sometimes when he gets going, I'm like, I don't I gotta go. Like <laughs> Ricky Gervais is just very off-putting. I would argue. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think he's funny, but I also is, sometimes yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, that wasn't funny. Why'd you say that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like, you're just being an asshole. Yeah. Now you didn't. Where like I don't think I could ever think that about Steve Carell. Sure. I don't know. He feels too like innocent. Yeah. I think there yeah. was an innocence. Maybe that's maybe true. that's what it was. An There's an innocence the about Michael Scott. Yeah. As opposed to um, Ricky, what's Ricky Gervais's character's name in I the UK know. office? It's, I forget. I always call him it's like Ricky Gervais. Brett or something. Yeah. Brand. I don't know. <laughs> something. Something weird. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, obsessed with the show. Uh, yeah. I saw a Rolling Stones article kind of crop up on my timeline mm. uh, about a specific episode mm-hmm. called the dinner party. It's a uh, season four, episode nine for people who want to immediately go watch it on Netflix. Cause uh-huh. after I read this article, I literally rewatched uh-huh. it immediately. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I like clearly re- like, it's one of those episodes where I almost don't rewatch it when I'm like rewatching, you know, just like seasons of the office mm-hmm. sometimes in the background while I'm working on something. I'll just skip it because I feel like I know every single word because the right. first couple times I watched it, I literally just like absorbed it into my skin. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that episode. It's like one of my favorites and I don't like to have it on in the background, honestly. Like, right. I, like, like I have it. to watch it, watch it yeah. or like I skip it. Right. Um, right. And I never really quite knew why. Uh-huh. Mm, turns out uh-huh. <laughs> in the interview with uh-huh. the Rolling Stones, fucking people, the writer, um, I forget which writers. I'm sorry. Um, you'll have to just read the Rolling Stone article. Yeah. I highly recommend you guys go find it in your internet junk drawer. Yeah. And um, they said that they based the whole entire premise off of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by Edward Albee. Oh, my God. The fucking play. And they were like, it should be Who's Afraid of Jan Levinson Gould. Oh, wow. Like, 
That's crazy. That's exactly what it is. Right, That's right. exactly what right. it is. And after they said that, I was like, my my head like fell off of my shoulders okay. and rolled across the floor. Like it, it it's so perfect. Right. But at the same time, I would have never ever in my wildest imagination drawn that conclusion mm. without having that information given right. to me. Right. Do you know what right. I mean? Because I'm Definitely. like, it's the office though. Yeah. I mean, who would? Yeah. Like Jan and her candles. I wouldn't think it was like fucking. Martha and her fake son. You right, know what I mean? Like, right, I was like oh my God. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf for people, for context people. I was a fucking theater major mm-hmm. in college at NYU and an acting major. And who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is one of my all time favorite plays. Mm-hmm. And Martha is like a character. I hope to one day play when I'm old enough <laughs> and <laughs> fucking crazy enough, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, it was just amazing to see. Like, I I love, again, it's it's another thing of, like, comedy writers yeah. talking about something dark. And mm-hmm. they said that the only notes that they got, they used to get notes, like, fucking crazy from the studio mm. during the first four seasons because they were, like, they were kind of, like, holding on by their fucking, the skin of their teeth right. the first couple seasons. By by the end of season four, they said they had got, they had bought themselves more leeway because right. it had really started to, like, pick up in popularity. Um they said that they got off. They got on the phone with um, with the network, and they were like, "This is a really dark episode." Mm. And they went, "Yeah." And they were like, "This is really dark." And they were like, they repeated that like four times, and that was the only thing they said. Oh wow! And we just kept going, "Yep, it is," right. and just kind of like stood behind it. And then they hung up, and we fucking did it. Like we That's just crazy. Uh-huh. It's crazy, and like, um. I don't know. In the whole the article also goes into like the whole thing about the writer's strike because oh. it was set to shoot right before the writer's strike mm-hmm. and then it didn't because Steve Carell is part of the WGA, which right. is the Writers Guild of America, and refused to cross the picket line to go shoot, which mm-hmm. is like super admirable, yeah, I thought, dope. and like very nice. Um Yeah. And uh but because of that, Paul Feig directed it. Oh wow! Which is yeah. part of the reason why it's so fucking brilliant right. and amazing because somebody else was slated to direct, and right. then the writers' strike fucked up the schedule, and then he was unavailable, and Paul Feig stepped in and was like, "Yes," because <laughs> he said he had his eye on that episode, and they were like, "Oh, we have this guy already like attached." And he was like, "Fuck! Can you tell him to go away?" <laughs> and then he was like, "I was so happy when the writers' strike happened." Yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Everyone else was like, oh no,' and people were losing shows, and I was like, "Yeah, that is really sad, but I'm gonna direct this episode." Yeah. So anyway, that episode. And he won a Directors Guild Award for it. That's awesome. For directing that episode. And Uh he was like, that is one of the proudest accomplishments I've ever in my career is winning that from my peers for that show because it was not only so funny, it is so like full to the brim of jokes. Like everything that they say is a fucking joke. Right. Like every word is a punchline. It's fucking nuts. Uh uh Um and they're all playing it so straight. And like and it's a play. Like, it literally yeah, is yeah. fucking Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. It just completely continues to unravel every second. And apparently, Angela Kinsey was fucking pregnant as shit. Oh, wow. And that's oh, no that's way. one of the best, like, uh, frame outs that I've ever seen. Yeah. Because I'm usually, like, really good at picking those right. up. And they did a great job of it. 
Maybe it's because she's so she's so short and like small that they just like made it yeah, look like true, they were framing right. her out because she's just short and right. so her head was the only thing in frame or something. Yeah, <laughs> like I yeah. don't know. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. And Paul Feig also said he used to tell the camera guys on the office um, to like close your eyes and spin around, huh. and then and then try to shoot the scene. Huh. And like try to like find it essentially, right? right. Like no, like have no idea like what was going on, right? Kind right. of thing. Um, and they said that they had a, a couple of camera guys from Survivor. Oh, that makes sense. Which is like so yeah. smart. Like, yeah. of course, yes, get reality, reality TV, re- reality TV people yeah. in there mm-hmm. to make it feel like a reality TV show. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Find the have let like their characters too. Like they find the story, right? You know what I mean. Right. Like get the reaction shots you think are gonna be good, right? You know, or right. whatever. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I thought it was just like it was so well done. I fucking love it. Anyway, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that. The fucking knowing, yeah, greatest of all time. Yeah, like what, like watching it, knowing that it's yeah. so amazing, and also watching the the gag reel for that season. It's oh. like 98 percent is from that episode. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. They, I mean, they just can't. Mm. They just can't handle it. It's so funny. They're all like dying laughing because they were all kind of trapped in this hot condo, right, for like days on end, just being like, "This is so funny. Yeah. I don't know what to do." That's crazy. Yeah, I saw that like floating around Twitter too. And I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> it's insane. I know. I tweeted it in like all caps and nobody cared. I was like, oh, no, none of the theater nerds that I know are like on Twitter enough right. to like pay attention to yeah. what's going on. Ugh. But yeah, so crazy. Yeah, that's insane. So good. That's dope. Ugh. Some good ass writing, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. What about you? What did you find on the internet? Guys. Janelle Monet just released another music video. This is her second of the year, and I'm freaking the fuck out. Here's the thing. I don't usually do this. It's none of my damn business, all right? But I'm convinced that Janessa, uh, sorry, Janessa is there. Relationship name Tessa Thompson is dating Janelle Monet, and I am 100% sure after this video. That, that is, I love that. I know. I think that that's great. Here's the thing. We've had conversations with, Thank, I guess, like multiple people Girl, about how how not? how they are together, and have we, and it, isn't it just great? And they we, and people people are like, yes, it's great. Like I know. everyone just agrees. I know. Everyone's I know. Like, yeah. It's a fantastic coupling. Here's the thing. She released a song literally called Pink. Okay, Pink. Okay, the song. She's wearing a pair of vagina pants. There's yeah. a shot. No, that that is literally. It, yeah. If we didn't need. Okay, she. Oh, there's a scene where you I can don't, argue that she's that she's channeling Bowie. They have been doing this. They were at a bunch of things. Tessa, um, it gave her the Equality Award at the Women's Convention hosted by the LGBTQ Center. Okay, what? Come on, <laughs> come on. All right. Yeah. After Creed, Janelle Monae surprised her on the red carpet. Right. Uh-huh. Which no wonder because she was hanging on to Michael B. Jordan's ginormous bicep and just like casual. About and she like it. And doesn't like, care. Why don't you care about this? And she's like, because I'm gay as hell for my girlfriend, Janelle, Janelle Monet. No fucking wonder. I feel like even Michael B. Jordan is like, come on, look at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you feeling nothing? <laughs> nothing? God, what? I'm using my best here? shit here. Yeah, right? Doing my best. So, yeah, after that, Janelle Monet also took Tessa Thompson to a, tr- on a, quote girls trip to mexico to quote celebrate the success of creed yeah okay it was a girls trip i mean yes it was a girls trip okay mm-hmm. they've been going there was at- just no other girls invited. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> right? She's been, Janelle Monet was Tessa Thompson's guest to Alfred Woodard's sister soiree before the Oscars. Okay. 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 They went to Issa Rae's lemon pepper kickback, which I'm very disappointed that my in- invitation seemed to have gotten lost in the mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I watched all of the Instagram. me too. About that. That was insane. It was just like so many Instagram stories of different perspectives of the party. And I was like, every one of the perspectives (laughs) is good. I know. (laughs) Okay. And here's the thing. Yeah. So Janelle Monae lives in Atlanta. Tessa Thompson lives in LA. Tessa Thompson was there. It's a long distance relationship. It is. But everyone was like, Tessa Thompson's here. And everyone's like, is she working on Avengers? Like, no, Thor hasn't started yet. She just in Atlanta. See her she boo. just in Atlanta to hang out with Janelle. This is what I'm saying. Anyway. Right? Janelle Monet then tweeted a rainbow emoji when San Junipero won an Emmy and hashtag Janessa Army on Twitter, who's a crazy group of bitches that I am proud to be a part of, tweeted at her and was like, you should remake San Junipero, but with Tessa. Guess what? The bitch did it when she made a music video earlier this year called Make Me Feel. Great song. Great video. Bisexual anthem. She's with this fine ass man and Tessa Thompson. And they're like all dancing together. And then she like basically makes out with Tessa Thompson. Everyone's like, okay, so this is it, right? Motherfucker still didn't believe her. So then this girl, this bitch goes, okay, y'all niggas did not hear me and releases pink in which Tessa Thompson's head comes out of her, you know, proverbial vagina. It's, I mean, you listen to the lyrics of the song. Proverbial. Yeah. The, the pants. I mean, oh. I was like, I mean. Girl, <laughs> sounds I, like okay. it's just kind of literal. Thank you. Okay. The song is literally, I mean, it's all about like, be, just listen to the song. It's the gayest thing ever. And Tessa Thompson <laughs> is just everywhere. And I'm just like, they're fish. I mean, this is. Zoe Kravitz. You're sweating. Has said, I know I am. I'm freaking out. Zoe Kravitz, who's also my president, was like. That's right. <laughs> Just to Nell and Tessa forever, like with a bunch of like extra vowels and shit. Uh huh. I'm like, this is this. That's what that means. BFF Zoe Kravitz. I like to think they're all best friends. Uh huh. BFF Zoe Kravitz. Just she knows, and she's like, I ship this, and the rest of us are like, we agree with you, Zoe Kravitz. OTP. Anyway, that's my internet juncture. Wow. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, watch the video though. It actually is really nice and really. It's really cool. Whatever album Janelle Monae is working on is about to be fucking crazy. Shit, man. Yeah. It's going to be about Tessa Thompson, maybe. It's going to be all about Tessa Thompson. Who wouldn't write an album about Tessa Thompson? Anyway. (laughs) Who wouldn't? God. All those stupid idiots writing (laughs) albums about other things besides Tessa Thompson. Jesus. Jack White comes out with an album about Tessa Thompson. He's like, I never met her, but she seems cool. She seems cool. She seems great. <laughs> oh, man. Michael B. Jordan's like, I don't know why the bitch doesn't care about my abs, though. Um, <laughs> I know I why. I would hope that Michael B. Jordan wouldn't refer to her as the bitch. That's true. But That's true. This is me projecting. Guys, I'm really freaked out. She's In so overwhelmed. Way. I'm overwhelmed. Amazing. So. <laughs> that's my internet junk toy. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> Um, this has been the Ridiculous People Podcast. Thanks yep. for listening. Yep. We're on Twitter at a ridiculous pod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Liviosa L I V I O S A H. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex Shan, A-L-U-X-S-H-A-N. Please uh subscribe to the podcast, review it. Rate it five stars, please. Five, please. 
Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye, guys. See you next week.